0: This is Seattle's morning news. Let's go to New York Times investigative reporter David Farenthold in Washington DC. So um, anything going on there? I was just talking with our uh, our congressional correspondent and I said, "Okay, with the we you know, we had another meeting between Biden and uh and Speaker McCarthy and no details or no progress coming out of it." And I said, "What's what's going to have to change?" Uh, for them to move the needle, and he's thinking that they are actually holding out for a default because they're not getting any calls from worried constituents yet. And I guess that's what it's going to take. Where do you come down on this? Well,
1: I, it, this is so different from last time. You know, the last time was in 2011. <clears throat> there was a huge outcry, and everybody was really worried about this. You know, the default happening. I think this time, both because we've been through so many fake crises before and also because Biden and McCarthy have said, "Look, there'll be no default you know they're trying to calm the markets. you know you can't have it both ways. You can't come out and tell and calm the markets by saying there's going to be no default, but then wait for a, a landslide of pressure from voters who are worried about the default. It can't happen either way. I do think they're going to reach a deal, and I do think, I don't think they're going to default. neither one of these folks wants a default. And and I think both, especially McCarthy, is in such a precarious position. He has to look like he's taking all the available risks, but I don't think he's actually going to
0: push us to the default. Okay, so we're still talking about theatrics, which is a uh, which is a relief to me. But then, what exactly changes? Because if you if you listen to the nonpartisan uh, budget hawks, the people you know, like the the uh, Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, right, who are, who watch all this stuff, uh, we're in a pretty. Bad situation long term. It's not like the country is going to go bankrupt, but it means that Social Security payments at some point, possibly within my lifetime, which is saying something, by the way, um, <laughs> could have to be cut. So who's, who's doing the serious work to actually address the, uh, the federal debt in a constructive way?
1: Nobody. I mean, nobody on Capitol Hill. The Republicans are showing some interest in this, but it's not the animating feature that a Republican thought that that was in 2011. It's kind of a sidelight. I mean, think how little time people like Trump or DeSantis spend talking about we need to cut the budget. We need to have a deficit reduction. I mean, A, Trump busted the budget while he was president, Um, but they're focused on culture war issues. They're not focused on this at all. So that's why I think there's been so much less energy put into this by the Republicans. Is just it's not, you know they do it kind of out of a ritual or because they they want to squeeze Biden. But it's not why any of them get up in the morning. Uh, so that but that kind of conversely makes me more confident that they'll get some kind of deal just because it's not when it's over the Republican Party is you know they're going to get back to the things they really care about rather than having sort of fought the fight they care
0: about. Really? Do you think most people know this? The most voters know this. The basically what we're watching is them just phoning it in and they have no intention of actually making the changes to Social Security and to Medicare and to, the, and to uh, defense programs that would prevent either uh, huge inflation or cuts in payments to basically low-income people who need that money.
1: No, no one is trying to make any of those structural recommendations. Even the Republicans, the budget cuts they're, they're pushing for which they might get some small budget cuts or at least freezes in you know, in growth of the budget. And it's all, they, they are clear that they are exempting social security, Medicare, and then the Pentagon. There's not even a, a, you know, a small attempt to try to cut those budgets. So yeah, no one is touching the things that actually are the major drivers of spending. It's all just tinkering around the edges.
0: That's, uh, that's crazy because it sounds, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I heard they um, Uh, Maya McGuinness, I'm going to talk about her in my my commentary this morning, that um, the interest payments have, uh, here, this is the clip here I wanted to find. Already we spend more on interest payments than we do on programs for children, and in the next five years we'll spend more on interest payments than we do on defense. More interest payments than we do on the entire defense budget, which, by the way, I believe is still more than the next ten nations spend on defense combined. That's incredible to me.
1: Right. And it was just a great 60 minutes episode about how much the Pentagon's con- contractors overcharged the Pentagon. But yeah, I think what Trump did, the thing that Trump changed about Republican politics was that they are basically aligned with Democrats on one important thing, which is nobody's going to touch entitlement spending, which meaning social security and Medicare. And the Democrats may want to tinker a little bit with, with Pentagon spending, but you know, they're still the Republicans and that they don't want to touch the Pentagon. So you know, that that whole energy that we saw under, you know, Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, remember all those fights over trying to lower the budget and make Social Security, you know, make sense financially. Yeah. The Republican Party under Trump has thrown that out the window. Nobody's fighting over that. And the public is with them. You know, the, the public, when you look, pull people on, you know, do you want to change Social Security and Medicare? Do you want to raise the retirement age? Do any of the things that might make Social Security and Medicare more sustainable? People are, you know, a thousand percent against it. So I don't see those things happening anytime soon.
0: Okay, on another matter, as long as you brought up Trump, uh, E. Gene Carroll has <laughs> apparently filed yet another appeal to uh, to hold him liable for defamatory conduct, and this is now based on the the comments he made in a CNN town hall.
1: Yeah, when in the CNN, the famous or infamous CNN town hall, uh, they asked Trump about that verdict. Did I think it came in that day or the day before. when He'd been. You know asked to you know re- required to pay this financial penalty for defaming her, and he went on about how she was i think he called her a whack job and he didn't know her basically repeated the same claims that got him you know that were the, at the heart of her claim in new york I, I was interested to see what happened i mean he he seems to think that either he could delay these penalties so long that he won't it won't matter to him or that you know he'll find some other way of getting somebody else to pay these penalties or they don't matter so he he seemed to sort of toss off that penalty which I think was like five million dollars yeah. Uh, like it was nothing. And so maybe it'll, it'll get increased to 10 or 15 million. But think about Trump going after Trump with financial penalties. Now is he has so many different ways of making other people pay, making Republican voters pay, making the Republican party pay by, you know, using his fundraising machine to pay off his personal bills that, you know, hitting him in the pocketbook is not the same as it would have been five or 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the guy who won a Pulitzer for following Trump's uh, money raising activities is yeah. uh is that behind his endless appeals on my cell phone to contribute to his campaign that he will have to pay yet another uh defamation judgment to e. Gene County?
1: well you know he he uses campaign money to pay his businesses for rent he uses it to you know pay for his lawyers you know, th- there's huge amounts of money that that Come in from those appeals that service his personal needs. You know, which I think he defends by saying that, mm-hmm. you know, for me the personal and the political are the same now. And Democrats are out to get me that you know they're this Eugene Carroll suit is only because I'm a, I'm a prominent Republican. Um, but yes, but those fundraising appeals for now they're not really funding much of a campaign. They're mostly funding. You know whatever Trump needs to spend money on personally.
0: Mm. So there's a good there's a good uh, chance that any money you give to Donald Trump is going to go either to a lawyer or to E. Gene Carroll eventually.
1: <laughs> the <There's a> possibility is <laughs> right.
0: David Farenthold from the New York Times. David, thank you. Thank you.